when we talk about where have we been since the start of AEW, when we talk about Double or Nothing, their very first show, whether you were uh, there in the MGM Grand Garden Arena or not, if you watched it at home, like, you think of great memories, like Cody and his brother Dustin, their match, and Cody saying that he needs his older brother. You think of the amazing tag team match involving the Lucha Bros and the Young Bucks. You think of Hangman Page and Jericho being set for the first ever AEW World Championship. And you think of the debut of John Moxley, who previously left WWE, and now he's a free man working AEW. Now we go one year later, like here we are in 2020, and Double or Nothing was, once again, a great show. Not without his faults, not without his faults, like I will talk about that, but I thought this was a very great show. This is your official Double or Nothing thoughts and reaction. I am your host, Shino D. Phoenix, and I want to thank you guys so much for, uh, tuning in for your time and I wanted to challenge myself a little bit when I was watching uh, Double or Nothing. I said I want to do like write notes down like get the timer up as well and just try and live tweet with you guys and I think I did a really good job at that so I I might be doing that more often instead of just um, going back and watching the pay-per-view and getting everything down that I thought was really cool. Some highlights but I think this is a big upgrade for me. Like, I'm just getting started with this. With this uh, new direction I'm going. But eh, <clears throat> if you if you uh, miss episode 66 of No One's Ready for Wrestling, I, I recommend you to uh, listen to that. Um, we talked about a really difficult week going into the world of professional wrestling with the deaths of... Um, with Shad Gasper, Larry Zonka, and um, Hana Kimura. And I just want to touch on that a little bit before we get into the review. Because the cause of death has uh, been revealed. And it's, it's just heartbreaking to hear. Eh, just to hear this. And it was from Meltzer. And he said that um, the cause of death was ingestion of hydrogen sulfide. And this is what the uh, Agency of Toxic Substances and Diseases uh, registry listed as uh, about this. They said, at low levels, hydrogen sulfide causes irritation of the eyes, nose, and throat. Moderate levels can cause headaches, dizziness, nausea, and vomiting, as well as coughing and difficulty of breathing. Higher levels can cause shock, convulsions, coma, and death. But And you know what the sad thing about this is when we're... We talked about uh, Hanukkah Horror is Melsa reported that Kyrie Sane was the first one to alert the people in stardom about the issue. And and unfortunately, it was too late. And just like that, she was gone. But we discussed her death as well uh, on uh, episode 66 and just calling out the people who played a part in this. And I'm just... And I hope there's a law passed just for the world for cyberbullying. Like we catch the people who try like who try to pull the old delete your account and you get away with it. No, we want justice. 
And that's the thing I, I demand. Because we can't let this slide any longer. So I hope that's the case for, um, for this world that we're in. But, like, it was a really tough episode for me to talk about that. Um, <clears throat> it, social media, you guys can follow me on, uh, Twitter, at Shino D Phoenix. That's where I live tweet for, uh, Raw, SmackDown, AEW, NXT, NWA, anything I watch. And I just try to, like, interact with you guys as much as I can, depending if I'm busy or not. Um, you guys can follow me on Instagram at, um, CoolManSip. That's where I'm at for all you Instagram users out there. And for you Facebook users, um, like the Facebook page, No One's Ready for Wrestling. That's where you get updates for for the people who use Facebook more often. And without further ado, let's talk about Double or Nothing. And we're going to start with the buy-in. And that is the number one contendership for the AEW Tag Team Champions between Best Friends and Private Party. I thought this was a really great tag team action. Like, it just shows you how much tag team wrestling it can, like, flow if you give it a chance. And I'm going to talk about the main event involving the AEW world title because it proves a point for me. Now, Isaiah Cassidy and Chucky e. T, they start things off... Um, like, they did the work holds. You have Mark Quinn hitting, tagging in. He hits a standing moonsault on Trent for a two count. You got best friends. They hit a double chop on Quinn. And you had Isaiah and Chucky e. T hit a standing slice bread cutter on their opponents. And uh, they took each other out with double clotheslines. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, Private Party hit Silly String. And it looked, it looked terrible, to say the least, because it looked like Trent... Buckled his knee a little bit and he dropped too early. Cause um like you watch his leg, it, it looked terrible. But it wasn't I thought he was injured. I thought he was hurt, but thankfully he's okay. Um I thought this was funny and I wanted to just jot this down. Quinn was wearing Trent's headband and it looked good by the way. Mark Quinn looks great wearing a uh, a headband, but Trent Beretta looks naked without the headband. <laughs> I'm just being honest. Now, Isaiah sends Trent through the barricade, and he comes back with a spear, and Quinn hits a tope on Trent, which looks pretty cool. Best friends, they hit Mark uh, with the assisted avalanche suplex for a close two count. Yeah, Quinn countered the, uh, he countered Trent's uh, swinging DDT with a dropkick, tags in Isaiah, runs wild on the best friends. Cassidy hits Trent with a, amazing looking flatliner like a springboard flatliner for a two count private party then hit say cheese on Trent for a two count you had Trent hitting sidle suplexes on private party and he gets Chucky e. T to tag he gets the tag to uh, Chuck Taylor best friends hit the soul food half and half suplex private party hit an assisted shooter star press which pretty much it was it was Isaiah Cassidy holding, um, I believe, Chucky e. T, if I'm correct, on, um, no, 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 not on Chucky e. T, but on Trent. And you had Mark Quinn standing on Trent, does a standing shooting star, and I thought that was very creative. That was really great shit right there. But it was a two count as um, Chucky e. T pulled him out, pulled Isaiah out of the ring and hit a pile driver on the outside. 
Trent hits uh, a clothesline on Mark, literally turning him inside out. One, two, no. Kick out. Trent reverses the gin and juice with a roll-up for a close near fall, and best friends hit strong zero, and they are the number one contenders for the AEW Tag Team Champions. This was a really good... I thought this was great, in my honest opinion. It lasted 15 minutes and uh, 14 seconds by how I timed it, but... It was it was great tag team competitive action. And that's something that I like to see a lot in uh, professional wrestling. Competitive tag team wrestling with legit tag teams. I'm just being honest. So this was great. And I can't wait to see how Best Friends mix it up with Paige and Omega. And then we get to the main card. And we started things off with the casino ladder match. But... You have Frankie Kazarian and Scorpio Sky. They started this uh, match off, which was not a surprise. Like, my brother actually called it when we watched it in my room on my PS4. Yeah, I watched it on the PS4. It was worth it. But I don't know about you guys. Did y'all had technical difficulties when y'all were watching uh, Double or Nothing? Because I hope I'm not the only one. So... <clears throat> Frankie Kazarian and Scorpio Sky, they started things off, and uh, they both go for the ladder, and they just, they're just like, wait, 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 let's put the ladder down first, and let's just lock up, and that's what they did. Kip Sabian is out next, and you had Jimmy Havoc, who was not in this match. He got involved, and he took the ladder and hit both Kazarian and Sky with the, uh, with the ladder. Um, Kazarian suplexes Havoc after... I don't know what Jimmy Havoc was trying to do. It looked like this was a mess right here. A botched Rana. Like, he was trying to go for a Rana, but he botched it, and Kazarian just suplexed him like that. I mean, what else can I say? So Darby Allen comes out, and, I mean, what do you expect from Darby Allen? He does crazy shit. And there was one part where he tries to do a double stomp with the skateboard, and he landed so badly that I thought he broke uh, his ankles right there. And he sold that pretty well. And then out comes Orange Cassidy. <laughs> Orange Cassidy. He's out and he asks Excalibur how to win uh, this uh, casino ladder match. And I'm like, this is so hilarious. And he's trying to climb, like he's trying to reach up and grab it. And try to take the ladder. He tried to get the ladder up, but he couldn't. <laughs> oh, my God. I love Orange Cassidy. <laughs> I fucking love Orange Cassidy, man. Like, he's like the MVP because he cracks me up every single time. Yeah, Cole Cabana coming out next. And as Cassidy's trying to understand how ladders work, and there were chance of help him Colt. Help him, Colt. And he's like, okay, I'll help him. And he shoves Cassidy on the outside. Joey Janela, who replaced Ray Phoenix, I thought uh, Ray was going to be okay, but apparently they took precaution and um, they took him out of the match and Joey Janela is the replacement. So he dives on SCU. Kip Sabian hits a DDT on Kazarian. Then Luchasaurus is out next and he kicks the, that ladder on like on Kip. Darby hits a beautiful cold red on Luchasaurus. And then we get the final participant. 
And my first assumption when I did the predictions, I was like, maybe it's Cage. Maybe it's Brian Cage. Maybe it's um Jeff Cobble. Maybe they might get Drew Gulak. But I said, I might stick with Brian Cage a little bit just to be on the safe side. And lo and behold, I marked out like a little bitch when Brian Cage was the final participant and Taz is his manager. This is fucking great. Absolutely great. I think this is a wonderful move. Now, Cage runs wild on everyone. And I, w- I don't know who was screaming, fucking motherfuckers. I believe that was Joy Janela that was screaming that because that was hilarious. He had SCU hitting Cage with the ladders and everyone literally buried him with everything. With casino chips, the guardrails, like everything. Kazarian then throws a ladder on Kip. Cassidy and Kip Sabian brawled on the ladder. You had best friends attacking Jimmy Havoc, taking him out of the match already, like pretty much taking him out permanently. Uh, Cassidy tried to choke... Choke slam Luchasaurus, but that was that was hilarious, but it didn't work. And you, you should have seen Luchasaurus' reaction, like, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> That's what he was like. He was like, what are you doing? So Marco Stunt comes in, he chokeslams um, Orange Cassidy, <laughs> and I thought that was hilarious. And Janela, Janela is one crazy motherfucker. He hit a running Death Valley driver on the chip that was literally buried on Cage. Janela climbs, but Scorpio uh, stops him and hits the TKO. He climbs the ladder, and then Kazarian joins in. And all of a sudden, like the machine that Brian Cage is, he escapes, and they have a back and forth. Like, he just runs wild on uh, everybody. So he escapes. He has a back and forth... uh, Strikes uh, with Luchasaurus, and he buckle-bombs him on the ladder. Cage then tossed Darby Allen. Like, he had, like he could military-press the ladder on Darby, and he just tossed it. Like, he just tossed the ladder and Darby right on the other ladders. So he climbs it, grabs the chip, and he is the winner. And I thought this was really great. Like, I thought Brian Cage being the entrant was the best move they could make. And... When he actually signed, I thought this was a great signing because, you know, if Brian Cage went to WWE, Vince McMahon would be hard on for this guy. Like, he would have had, like, I I don't know, man, but I think it would have been freedom is what he wanted. And that's what I think he got. But when did AEW actually sign Brian Cage? And according to Tony Khan, um, Brian Cage actually signed with uh, AEW way back since January, and he's been sitting at home for the past five months while under contract and waiting for his debut. So I thought that was a really great signing for AEW. They needed someone like him, and I think he's going to benefit so much on that roster. Like, there was some sloppy moments in this match, but it was good the way it is. Like, but Cage is the... Em- Cage, Cassidy are the MVPs of that match. We got MJF versus Jungle Boy. If you want old school, classic wrestling matches, the athleticism between these two guys, this is the match I would give to you because this was fucking awesome. Absolutely awesome. MJF, he got a shoulder tackle, but uh, Jungle Boy kips up. There was one part where MJF tries to fake a knee injury, which he did, and he attacked Jungle Boy because, I mean, I think MJF, 
as the ultimate dick heel, he plays it so fucking well. He plays it so well. Um, MJF hits a belly-to-belly overhead suplex. You had Jungle Boy trying to fight back with... He slaps MJF and he hits a high cross body on him. He cuts him off to the elbow in the face, MJF does. Jungle Boy looks for the roll-up, but MJF reverses it as Jungle Boy reverses with a roll-up for a two-count. We had a brutal backbreaker spot by uh, MJF. And he went for the arm whip and focused on the right arm. I don't know if it was the right or left arm, but I believe it's the right arm of Jungle Boy. Jungle Boy fights back, hits a clothesline, hits a clothesline, followed it up with multiple chops. Um, you had MJF. He slid out of the ring like he was teasing doing a dive, but he slid, slides under and slaps a Jungle Boy, sends him back to the ring while talking trash to uh, Pineapple Pete. And with that, Jungle Boy hits two suicidas and a tope. Uh, Jungle Boy hit a beautiful, I I mean, picture-perfect pendulum, DDT, only for a two-count. Fast-forwarding a little bit, both men, they traded chops on each other until MJF, like, literally hits him on the injured arm. In this this, uh, spot, I thought this was really creative and really great. Jungle Boy, he super-kicks MJF, he... Like, goes to the ring, hits a spinning elbow, and Jungle Boy follows it up with a destroyer, and MJF hits a super kick for a two count, as, and then Jungle Boy applied the crossface. Excellent sequence right there. Then we go to the apron. Jungle Boy hit a brutal-looking Poison Rana. I swore, I thought he broke, uh, <laughs> like, I wasn't sure he broke MJF's neck, but we've seen that spot, like, every single wrestling, uh, wrestling promotion is doing it right now. I'm, I, I believe Ring of Honor started it first, if I'm correct, and I think Solomonster said it best. Now, MJF, he grabs Aubrey Edwards' leg, and I'm like, don't you dare put your hands on Aubrey, because... Aubrey's one of my favorite referees in professional wrestling right now. And because of that, Jungle Boy accidentally got crotched on the top. Um, Jungle Boy, he hit an avalanche Liger Bomb for a close near fall. MJF elbows the arm and rolls him up for a two count. And they traded rolls, for like each of them with two counts, but MJF hits the European clutch. Rolled him up 17 minutes and 33 seconds to um, to win this match. I thought this was really great. And MJF is fucking amazing. Jungle Boy is fucking amazing. This was wrestling at his fucking finest. But And they're continuing to build MJF up for, a poten- for the uh, potential AEW championship, which I think that's the direction they're going with. But um, I, I thought this was really great. Great showcasing for both of them. And they look like Jungle Boy looked great even in defeat. And, he, and here's the thing. MJF didn't even use the salt of the earth. That was, um, that was just great. Like he didn't even need his own finisher. Picture perfect. 
next match we got the TNT Championship. Fu- excuse me, finals between Cody and Lance Archer. Mike Tyson was there to present the uh, TNT Championship, which look it looks okay. I mean, I think Tony Schiavone said it's uh is not completed yet, which I understand. And I'm going to give it time before I fully judge it because right now I thought, eh, it could have been better. And when Lance Archer came out, I I swear on everything. I swear on everything. When he threw, I believe, Lee Johnson and chokeslammed him, they zoomed in on Tyson's face, which was fucking fantastic. It was the best reaction I have ever seen. (laughs) That should be um, a gift right there. Can someone do that, please? So we get this match. Lance Archer immediately hits blackout on Cody as and he rolls out of the ring. Cody applied the triangle choke, but Lance just stomps on his face. You had Cody looking for a cutter, but Lance cuts him off with a shoulder tackle. And he tried to remove the safety pad on the outside, but Cody hits a dive on the outside. Like he tossed Cody like a sack of potatoes. Like, tossed him like a fucking ragdoll right in front of the baby faces. And Big Swole, who is my K-pop buddy, and yes, I listen to K-pop, so don't judge me. Um, Big Swole tells Lance Lodger, like, she was getting in his face telling him, you ain't shit. I fucking love Big Swole. I think she is fantastic. <laughs> like, she literally acted like a fan. And that really sold the match right there. Lance turns Cody inside out with a lariat and he follows it up with an old school moonsault for a two count. And you see, they cut to Tyson. He's loving every second of this. Cody drops Lance face first with a delayed vertical drop, which looked fantastic. And he focuses on the rib of Lance. Archer, the murder hawk, military presses Cody on the outside. And Archer steps on Cody's throat as Big Swole continues to talk shit. I, I want I want more Big Swole. Seriously, I want me I want me some more Big Swole in the crowd because she is making these shows feel so fun. I thought she was the MVP in the crowd. And besides, you have Vicky Guerrero there as well. Um, <clears throat> Lance brutalizes Cody with grounds and pounds, hits a splash for a two count. Both men, they were trading strikes outside, and Lance sends Cody on the guardrail. Lance rolls up Cody for a two-count, and Cody applies the crossface. Jake wanted Cody to hit him then, and as... I, I love this set, this uh, sequence right there. Well, right here. Cody, he hit Lance Archer with a DDT, and he stare, he did it while staring at Jake the Snake Roberts, so I thought that was really great. And Jake was fucking livid. He was fucking livid. And you had Lance Archer hitting a spine buster on Cody while watching on. Like he had his eyes stared at on Anderson. And I thought that was a great insult. Uh, Cody hits a springboard cutter only for a one count. He hits a bionic elbow, shades of Dusty Rhodes. And the final reckoning, shades of his brother Dustin, for a near fall. Cody does the sting taunt and does the sting a splash, if I'm correct. Or I don't know if he, if Lance countered it because I was moving in and out of my room at the time. 
But I don't know if that's a tease that Sting might be on his way to AEW. That's a huge hint right there. Lance hits the, uh, he applies the Everybody Dies Claw and both are fatigued. Lance looks for old school, on stops him, and Jake is just trying to tell, um, um, Bryce that, um, that on got involved. He got involved. And then you had Paul Turner coming out and just telling him he yeah, he got involved and he threw on Anderson out and he also threw Jake the Snakes Robert out. Lance hits a release German suplex and you see um Jake Roberts coming with the snake until Mike Tyson's like, you know what, I had enough of this shit. And we were supposed to have Mike Tyson who looks in fantastic shape. He looks great. Like, he, he took off his shirt. That chases Jake Roberts out. And Cody hits two crossroads to become the first ever TNT champion. This match lasted 21 minutes and 10 seconds. Thought this was great. I did not have a problem with Cody winning because, look, you gotta have Cody... Like, he's been losing big matches. He lost to Jericho. He lost to MJF. You can't have him lose here. And... I think Lance Archer is going to be okay, so I don't understand what people are complaining about. I am okay with Cody being the inaugural uh, TNT champion, and I want them to go in this route since All Out has been announced for September 5th, and September is my birthday month because why not? I love September. That's like my favorite month of the... Uh, every single year is my favorite month, but I, I just said this. Cody wins... You build him up as a credible champion, and you have him drop the title to Darby Allen at All Out, and I think that makes the most sense if you want. If you want me to be honest, I thought, um, like I hope they go that route because Darby Allen is really talented, and I guarantee you, Cody would put him over as a big star, like he did, and the story writes itself. Darby Allen has never beaten Cody, and people could get behind Darby. They want to see him get this big win. So why not? I think that's a great idea. Let's make it happen. Now, um, they they did an update on Penelope. Not on Penelope before, but on Britt Baker. But there's news on how long she will be out of action. Now, Tony Khan was asked how long Baker will be out of action. And initial sum- assumption was that she will be out for over a year. But... Tony Khan revealed that she would most likely be out of action for two months. So that's not bad. And Tony just said, we think six to eight weeks. So it's a better estimate. And we all thought she tore her ACL. But thankfully, she's um, is nothing major, to say the least. We had Chris Statlander and Penelope Ford, who was Britt Baker's replacement. Um... Look, I'm going to be honest. This was sloppy. Like, they worked hard, but it's just they're missing that, like, that click. But it's just, it felt slow, lethargic, and it's just, eh. It was all right. Like, if you want me to be, like, I'm not going to be critical, but look, it's, the women, they're trying. This is one of the weakest and weakest in the uh, AEW's women's division. Like that's what it is. The women's division is just the weakest out of all of them. But 
let's just talk about the match. Um, Chris sweeps Penelope's legs and does multiple cartwheels. I mean, if you had a cartwheel contest against Chris Statlander, you're automatically going to lose. And I believe Penelope bit uh, bit her uh, finger. Ford hits a draping DET, uh, shades of Randy Orton, for a two count. Penelope hit a suplex for a two count. Statlander, fast forwarding, she hit a suicide die, taking out Kip Sabian and Penelope Ford. Penelope stops uh, the dive and rolls her up for a two count. Ford hits a hook kick, which I don't know if it connected. It looked terrible. It looked slow, to say the least. It looked slow. It looked like it just felt like she was kicking the air for uh, a two count. You have Vicky screaming. That was three. That was three. And JR was like, what's Vicky Guerrero doing here? <laughs> I, I love that. I thought that was great. Chris then hit a roundhouse kick, followed it up with a released German suplex. Um... She followed it up with a spinning Michinoku driver for uh, a near fall. Ford then hit a reverse DDT for a two count after reversing the Big Bang Theory. Ford then did the Matrix and looked for the stunner. Well, into a stunner, she looks for a clothesline as Chris kips like, like avoids it with a kip up like she jumps down and then kips back up because both of them have gymnastics background and hits a lariat. Ford then hits a um, avalanche Rana, looks for a handspring cutter, but Chris stops her and hits the Big Bang Theory for the win. Eight minutes and 13 seconds. And this was just, eh. That's all I'm going to say about it. It's, eh. Sean Spears and Dustin Rhodes. A match that was... Added in the last minute. You had Sean who is coming out in a suit and just in a in a suit, like literally not dressed to compete, pretty much trolling the fans, saying that Dustin's here, Dustin's here, and tells Aubrey to make the count. And she rings the bell, uh Dustin's music hits, Brandy comes out, and Dustin appears from behind. Sean hits a clothesline to put down Dustin and takes his belt and lock, clocks and just pretty much wrapped it for with his fist. Dustin hits a snap power slam and he takes Sean's pants off. And I laughed at this line right here. I said, JR said um, that somebody should take Spears to the doctor as his ass is cracked. I thought that was funny. And they zoomed in on... Uh, Spears is tidy whities and you see a picture of Tully Blanchard. Final reckoning, four minutes. This match was pointless. I, I, this wasn't necessary. Like, you didn't even need this match on the card. I'm sorry. That's, that's just me being honest. It was a pointless match. Then we got the AEW Women's Championship on the line. Hikaru Shida, who came out as Tifa Lockhart, who is one of my favorite characters in Final Fantasy VII. And Tifa, like, Hikaru has some, like, if I want to see more video game cosplay, like, attires with Hikaru Shida. But she came out like a fighter. And if you have not played Final Fantasy VII on the PS4, the remake, what are you waiting for? Play it now! Just have to throw it out there because it is awesome. So this was a no disqualification match. 
Sheeta kicks Nyla and they battle for the kendo stick. Nyla then hits Hikaru with multiple kendo stick shots. Sheeta then hits a running knee strike and she sends Hikaru to the barricade, tosses her to the poker table while saying, always bet on black. Man, Wesley Snipes would be so proud. Nyla then hit a backdrop into a splash for a two count. Sheeta counted the beast bomb with a Rana and hits another knee strike. So that's two knee strikes I counted. Now I believe three. Yeah, three knee strikes. Um, Nyla clothesline Sheeta out of the ring. And on, on the outside, Sheeta hits a crossbody, follows it up with another knee strike. Sheeta arm drags Nyla into the chip and then hits, like she goes in the, uh, the crowd. Well, there was no crowd. It was minimal, but she runs through, hits a running knee, running knee strike. Um, and she landed on the chip right behind her. Nyla does. She, Hikaru Shida is a badass. Hikaru Shida is a badass. She told Nyla, like she said, you found my candlestick, bitch. And she hit her with it. I, I love that. That was badassery. Um, Sheeta then hits a suplex on a candlestick for a near fall. She hits a knee strike again for a near fall. Nyla hits a desperate power slam and both women are down. Um, Nyla then hits a jumping knee strike while um, you see, like you see Sheeta like holding, like just hanging by the top rope. And a flying knee strike by uh, Nyla Rose. And she goes to the cover only for a near fall. Nyla then grabs the table and sets it up on the turnbuckle. And she tries to go for the DVD, Death Valley Driver. But Sheeta escapes. Um, and Nyla just powerbombed her through the table for a close near fall. Fighting spirit though! I love fighting spirits. Um, Sheeta, no, not Sheeta. Nyla Rose hits a Death Valley driver. I thought that was it right there, but Hikaru kicked out. I thought this uh, spot was awesome. Sheeta, she tosses the candlestick while um, Nyla was trying to go for the swanton. She was about to hit it, but Sheeta just got up through the candlestick, hit an avalanche falcon arrow that looked picture perfect. For a near fall. Sheeta then nails Nyla in the head with the candlestick. Hits the fi- hits the final heaven knee strike. One, two, three. Hikaru Shida is the new AEW women's champion. This was great. And Hikaru Shida absolutely deserves this. These two women work their ass off. And you got to put it on someone who is the best in their division. And that person is Hikaru Shida. And when I talked about Britt Baker being out for two months, we might be getting a feud between Hikaru Shida and Britt Baker for the AEW Women's Championship at All Out. And you could build the women's division around Hikaru Shida and you got the best matches possible. I think that could work. I was absolutely surprised that they gave it to uh, Shida, but you know what? I, I didn't mind. She deserves it. And... When you think about it, someone mentioned this five years ago. You had Asuka and Hikaru Shida wrestle in Japan. Here they are. Here they are now 
Asuka's at the top of the women's division, and Hikaru Shida's the top of the AEW women's division. See, you gotta love the Joshis. You gotta love the Joshis. This match went 18 minutes, and it was really fucking good. And I don't know where Nala goes from here. I honestly don't know. We're gonna have to find out soon. Our co-main event, we got the AEW World Championship on the line, Brody Lee versus John Moxley. This match proves a point. Like, Brody Lee proved many people wrong, mostly WWE, that, hey, I could hang in the main event scene, I could hang in the world title scene, and he nailed it with flying colors. This was great. Now, Moxley, he immediately charged at Brody, but he gets chopped. And he hits a suicide dive Moxley does on the outside, and Lee just suplexes him on the outside. You had Brody hitting multiple suplexes. He tried to go for a dive and chop, but he gets caught. Lee hits a suicide dive on Moxley, and he sends him through the guardrail with a pump handle suplex, which I thought that was really nice. Moxley countered the spinning lariat with a forearm, and both men traded strikes. Yeah, Lee, he hit a backdrop suplex and hits a splash, and Moxley tries to come back. He hits, he clothesline, he hits a clothesline on Brody Lee. Um, <clears throat> Moxley, he followed it up with a gotch-style pile driver, Suzuki-style. For a two count. Lee hits a drop kick on Moxley. Countering the knee strike on the outside. Moxley sends uh, Lee through the table. On the outside. Lee hits a superplex. And Moxley hits a desperation roll up for a two count. Like he pretty much. Like it's pretty much a superplex. He rolls up Lee. Right after the superplex for a two count. Lee hits a release German suplex on Moxley on the outside, right on the card. And he big boot, he hits a big boot and hits a sit out powerbomb for a close near fall. Moxley then throws fiberglass poker chips at, uh, at, um, <clears throat> at Brody Lee and. He's looking for the paradigm shift. And he hits it, and both of them went through the ramp. And Moxley first emerges out of the rubble. Then you had Lee coming out with blood literally coming down his face. He hit a paradigm shift, only for a one count. Multiple strikes, elevated paradigm shift, near fall. And he applied a real naked choke. Like, he pretty much choked um, Brody Lee out. And he retained the AEW championship. This match, as I timed it, went 15 minutes and uh, 29 seconds. And I'm about to show, I'm about to tell you this tweet I said about uh, this match because it proves my point and it proves and I, I think people agreed with me on this right here. So <clears throat> here it is. Here's what I said. Do you want to know what this match proved? That if you bring the full potential out of these two, you'll get a great match like this. And WWE dropped the bit, the ball big time on these two. And Michael Howard, who has been a loyal supporter on, on Twitter, 
like he said this and I literally agree with him. See what happens when good booking, good storytelling and a properly laid out match that allows for creativity. That right here. This right here. Happy for both guys putting on a damn good match. I did not have a problem with Brody Lee passing out. It protects him. Like, it made him look great even in defeat. And Moxley, he's going to be moving on to his next challenger, which, by the way, news broke that at Fighter Fest, Moxley versus Brian Cage is set. And there was talk that they were going to bring, um, they were going to go to the UK for, um, for their next pay-per-view, but with this pandemic, it's not happening, and that fucking sucks. It really did, but I mean, what what else can I? What else do you want me to add? I thought this was just great, great shit right here between these two. So moving on, then we get to the Stadium Stampede, the match that I've been looking forward to the most. You had the inner circle coming out, wearing shoulder pads like they're coming out of a football game. This was just entertainment and hilarious at best. Um, You had um, Proud and Powerful. They suplexed Matt Jackson on the 50-yard line. Hangman Page came out with a horse chasing Sammy Sammy Guevara out. (laughs) <laughs> which I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> I was, I've been laughing so hard on this match that I just quit taking notes on some of this part. Sammy gets Spike with a twist of fate. Jericho pulls Kenny out of the ring. He hits a shooting star press, Sammy Guevara does, on everybody. Ortiz, like, hits Matt Hardy with the uh, garbage can. And he tossed Nick on the which Jericho did. Jericho tossed Nick on the goalpost. And Matt Jackson, he climbs the goalpost, hits a moonsault on Jericho, only for a two count. That's a fine in football right there. (laughs) I'm just saying. The stables brawled on the stand. You had Hangman still riding a horse on the hallway. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Where the hell are you going? And... He told the horsey to stay where you are. And he goes to the East Club lobby because there's beer there. There's a drink there for him. Ortiz um, hit pocket sand on Omega and on Omega's eyes and he dumps him right on the guardrail. And they powerbombed him, Santana and Ortiz did, on the guardrail which completely folded. And they try to cover only for a two count when Matt Hardy broke it up. Proud and Powerful then toss Matt into the pool. And they just try to drown him. But he turns into extreme Matt Hardy. And you have the Matt effect on the screen. (laughs) That was very creative. And he turns into the, oh yeah, Matt Hardy. And they drop... Try to drown him again while Matt was just looking at the camera. And just giving the thumbs up. (laughs) and he goes back to his broken face um he sends Santana through a table and he sends Ortiz to the bell and you just see Ortiz just selling the effects like he was shaking and like man this is really painful 
and he ties him up in the wheel of chairs. Um, Matt Hardy threw Santana in the icebox, and he locks him up. Oh, I, I feel bad for Santana coming out of that. Um, Paige is drinking beer, and Hager finds him, and he joins in a little bit, drinks beer, they brawl. Hager Uranagi hits a Uranagi on Paige on the pool table, and he drags Paige through the table like cowboy style. If you watch these Western movies and you see, um, like the cow, like the cowboys just tossing him by the bar stand. That was that was amazing because he's a cowboy. Duh. Um, you had Hager. He hit a gut wrench power bomb on Paige through a table, and it gets breaking up by Kenny Omega. You had you both of them hitting Hager with multiple bottles, V-Trigger Galore, and a Buckshot Lariat. And how do they celebrate, you may ask? Kenny Omega drinks milk. Because milk is awesome. And Paige, he does what he does best. Drinks beer. Matt, Matt Jackson. <laughs> Matt Jackson. This dude is fucking insane. He hit a Northern Light suplex. Like, he just did a, like a multiple Northern Light suplex on Sammy G. And he did it all the way from the beginning to the end, to the goal. <laughs> and he celebrates. Like, I know I'm fast forward a little bit, but he celebrates. And Rick Knox just threw, threw the flag. And what does, how does Matt Jackson respond? He super kicks him. <laughs> I fucking love this. I love this. But let me rewind a little bit to Nick Jackson and um, Chris Jericho. Nick Jackson, he we were all waiting for this. Someone had to throw a football at someone. <laughs> Nick Jackson was the person to do it. He threw the football at Jericho. And fast forward a little bit, Jericho hits the Judas effect on the Jacksonville Jaguars mascot. I believe his name was Jackson. And he goes for the pin. And Arby's like, no, it's a two count. And what does Jericho do? He's like, I call a challenge. I'm throwing the flag. I'm, I demand you to challenge the Rolex. <laughs> oh, my God, man. I fucking love this. <laughs> Fast forward a little bit. Paige comes with the um, with the uh, white liner, and he pretty much <laughs> walked through uh, Chris Jericho, which I thought was hilarious. Now, Sammy G, he's like, I did it. I won with the sprinklers on. And you had, um, he notices a golf cart with Omega and Matt Hardy, and he's like, that expression he had, he was like, Oh, shit. Not again. And he runs away. <laughs> I'm like, this is so fucking entertaining. So, he's on the stand. He's throwing chairs. And he was, he was about to attack um, Matt Hardy. But, um... Neo won. Which is the upgraded version of Vanguard 1. He arrives. And that distracted um Sammy G. And that makes... Kenny hit the V-trigger, and he follows it up with a picture-perfect, awesome-looking one-winged angel 
right through the chairs. Like, he just jumped. He flew and just landed right on the chair. One, two, three, the elite, all your winners. And what can I say about this? This was entertaining. This was funny. Like, I've never laughed so hard during a match like this. Like, it just shows how you could be creative without having the uh, handcuffs on you. Like, that's what I loved about this match. They let these guys go and be who they are. The best. And hope I want to see more of this. Please. Uh, and if we get a full crowd, that's going to be even better. Let's make that happen. <laughs> Let's make it happen. But now, let me check the uh, poll results. You can still vote on, on the Twitter. Because... Um, I did put the poll up after Double or Nothing, and not a surprise to me, it's a resounding 100% thumbs up and no thumbs down. And I can agree with that poll. This was a great, this was great. I enjoyed this. I had a great time, even, even when we had, uh, the roughest week in, as wrestling fans, but... We needed a show like this. I thought they did an excellent job. Hit a home run with it. And can't wait to see how they follow up. But that's my thoughts and reaction on uh, Double or Nothing. I thought this was great. Um, well, let me know what you guys think. What was your favorite moments on uh, on Double or Nothing? You could, uh, <clears throat> I'm getting out of here, guys. But thank you for taking your time to... Uh, Listen to my thoughts and reaction about this uh, pay-per-view. You can follow me on Twitter at ShinoDPhoenix. Like the Facebook page, No One's Ready for Wrestling. And follow me on Instagram, uh, CoolManSip. And I will see you guys next time for episode 67. Till then, take care, be safe, and uh, I'll talk to y'all later. Peace out, guys. Bye. (laughs) 